Yeah, I, I don't know. Has anyone here, we've got lots of uh, crazy weather happening at the moment. Anyone ever been caught out in a storm? Maybe you're on a school oval or a soccer field or, yeah, Dennis has put his hand up and on the farm, I'm assuming, probably happens semi-regularly. Uh, you know that, that, that moment when you're like, I might, I might be able to get away with this and then just it's like the heavens break open and, and there's a dam full of water drops seemingly right on top of you. I remember uh, in, when we were in Taiwan, they have a lot of typhoons over there, being kind of the location to the coast, being close to the coast. And um, I, I kind of, I think the first typhoon I was in, I kind of underestimated it. I thought it would be really crazy and hectic. And I sat in my apartment the whole night and I thought that wasn't that bad. And I remember going out the next day and it was like trees had been ripped out, scooters had been blowing, you know, three blocks down the road. And I remember realizing these, these things are, are serious things. It was probably something I should have learned a bit stronger um, because fast forward a couple of years, a typhoon warning had come through. And when the typhoon, obviously, warnings come through, everyone stays home. And we decided, Talitha and I, that we were pretty hungry and that we should get a meal uh, before the typhoon hit. And I looked at the radar and I thought, i got time. <laughs> you know how you're looking at the, your little, eh, you pull out an open bomb and you have a look at it and you're like, we're good, we're good. And so I got on my scooter and, and off I went to McDonald's, and, which was only a few blocks away. And I, I probably got two minutes into the journey and the typhoon just hit. And, and I remember realizing because I was riding my scooter in one lane and all of the sudden I was in another lane because a big gust of wind had just hit me and just changed lanes for me. And I remember the wind was just howling. The rain was horizontal. There was noise. Everything was banging and clanging. And I, I got to McDonald's and because uh, I wasn't going to give up. I was committed at that point. And I got my McDonald's and I stuck it between my legs on my scooter and, and I rode home on my scooter at 45 degree angle into the wind to try to try sit up. And, and I remember it just being hectic, the wind and the rain and the noise and the craziness of it all. And I remember I got into the front door of our apartment complex, opened it, you know, struggled to rip it open in the wind and it slammed shut behind me. And I just remember this extreme contrast of how silent it was. I could still kind of hear the storm in the distance, but in a moment I went from this just craziness, this out of control, this noise and this, I I don't know what's going on, to this moment of real stillness and peace as the wind stopped to affect where I was, as the rain was now outside, as I was now in safety. And I think that in life, if we're honest, life can feel a bit like a typhoon sometimes, right? Is that not noise? It's noisy, confusing. There's lots of voices, everyone telling you what you should do and who you should be and co-workers in your ear and family in your ear and confusion about what's next, confusion about what I should do. Sometimes it can feel like that experience if it's just like being in a, in a windstorm. But what I really believe is that is that God actually really wants you, even in the middle of a storm, to experience His peace. Just like I experienced when I I walked through that door of my apartment complex, I've experienced again and again and again with Jesus, where it's like all of the sudden there's this tranquil quietness in my soul, where now I'm actually safe. Now I'm secure. 
You know, when I got into my apartment, the rain didn't stop, the typhoon didn't stop, but I knew that I was safe and I knew that I had peace. And I think that in the middle of all the craziness of life, that God actually wants us to experience his peace. Does anyone agree with that this morning? Has anyone ever experienced the supernatural power of God's peace? You know, it's, and that's what it is. It's a supernatural thing where it's like, this doesn't make sense. Philippians calls it peace that goes beyond all understanding. I should not have peace, but I do. It's crazy out there, but it's good in here. So this morning, I want to talk about a different kind of peace, a different kind of peace. And I love what it says in John 14, uh, 26. Uh, I'm going to read just 27. Oh, 26 and 27. It says, but the advocate... The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives. I do not let your heart, uh, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. See, what Jesus is talking about here is a different kind of peace. He says, my peace My peace I give you. I don't give as the world gives. This is my peace. You know, I looked up the definition of peace in uh, the dictionary this week, and it says, a state of tranquility or quiet, freedom from disturbance. And I think that's definitely the world's picture of peace, right? Peace is, I remove things that are um, against or are coming that are opposing my peace. So what do we do when we to, to have peace? Essentially, we need to remove everything that opposes it. So what do we do when we need some peace? We take four weeks off. We go sit on a beach. We just forget. We we drop our phone in the water just so no one can contact us. So we just leave it on airplane mode for two weeks. We we quit our job. We think we've got to escape. We think we've got to do less. We think we've got to remove anything that might cause me stress. We don't want to engage in anything that might challenge my peace because we see peace as the absence of disturbance. We see peace as the the absence of anything that could challenge peace. Like peace can only exist in a vacuum. But it's interesting where Jesus says, my peace I give you. If we look at the Greek word there, the Greek word is, hopefully I'm getting this right, irene or arene or something along those lines. Irene, yeah, Pastor Chris, Irene. It's getting weirder the more I say it. Pastor Chris is just like shaking his head like this is, maybe we should change the ministry roster. Um, <laughs> Irene. And the interesting, what the definition here is, is, is there's a difference if you see it. It says the tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ and so fearing nothing from God and content with its earthly lot of whatever sort that is. Isn't that a different? It's a tranquility of soul regardless of what's going on, regardless of the situation I'm in, regardless of what's happening in my workplace, regardless of what's happening in my family, regardless of what's happening in the news, I can have a tranquil state of soul. I think that another English, diction, uh, another English definition maybe picks it up slightly more where it says freedom from disquieting or oppressive thoughts or emotions. Isn't it amazing that this is Jesus' heart for us, that we would actually experience a different kind of peace? 
that even though we might face troubles, even though life might get wild, even though the storm might come, we can experience God's peace. We can experience a different kind of peace. And what I want to do this morning is I just, just speak a little bit about what that looks like and why it's important. But I also, my heart this morning is that you might experience a fresh touch of supernatural peace from God. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what your life looks like. What I do know is that this morning, in a moment, Jesus can touch you with his peace. So let's talk about a different kind of peace. Jesus' peace. Jesus' peace is a shelter. It's a shelter, kind of like what we're talking about. It's, it's protection from what's happening. It's, it's a defense mechanism almost. It keeps me safe. I think that shelter is one of those things that's really underrated until you need it, right? No, you don't think about how great it is to have a roof over your head until you don't have a roof over your head. You don't think about how, I remember recently, uh, my wife and I, we um, started this business where we go to the markets every once in a while and we're at the markets and it was pouring with rain. It was insane rain as we were setting up. And I remember thinking, gee, we can't escape the rain. And it was like this revelation of how important umbrellas are. I was like, why did I not bring an umbrella or a rain jacket? I think shelter is one of those things that until you actually need it, it doesn't seem like it's so important. We can take it for granted. Psalm 27 verse 5 to 6, it says, in his shelter, in the day of trouble, that's where you'll find me. For he hides me there in his holiness He has smuggled me into his secret place where I'm kept safe and secure, out of reach from all my enemies. Triumphant now, I'll bring him my offerings of praise, singing and shouting with ecstatic joy. Yes, listen and you can hear the fanfare of my shouts of praise to the Lord. I love this that David is saying, you know, when things get rough, you know where you'll find me? In the shelter of my God, in the shelter of the peace of my Savior. When things, when the day of trouble comes, I love that. When the day of trouble comes, and I love Jesus says, and uh, Jesus says, in this life, you will face trouble. I mean, we want to talk about the promises of God, Jesus's promises. You will face trouble, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Take heart because I will be your shelter. Take heart because I will protect you. Take heart because even though you may be in trouble, you don't have to have a troubled heart. You can have a protected, a safe heart, even in the day of trouble. God doesn't promise no trouble-free life. He doesn't say he removes it. He says, I protect you in it. And what if actually the place that we experience God's peace the most clearly is in the day of trouble. Just like shelter, you don't, need, you don't need it until you need it. In the same way, man, when we're disturbed, when, when we're uneasy, when we're stressed, Jesus says, I have a remedy for that. It's called my peace. It's a shelter. It protects you. So the question then becomes, where do you run in the day of trouble? In Taiwan, they have a... I don't know if this is true or if this is a myth, but everyone seems to believe that there is acid rain and that especially for men, if it rains on your head, you will go bald quickly. Um, I'll just, I did start losing hair faster after I was in Taiwan, so maybe it's true. Um, but what will happen is, is as it starts to rain, it, 
everyone just disappears. Like, I feel in Australia, we're kind of like okay with walking in a little bit of rain for a little while. In Taiwan, the instant a drop comes, the umbrellas are up, people are running to cover, the streets empty as people try to get out of the way of the acid rain that's coming to burn all their hair out. And and I wonder in the same way, when the day of trouble comes, where do we run? Do we run to the the shelter that is Jesus? Do we run to the protection that is God's peace? Or do we just stand in the storm a little longer? Do we just stand and hope that it will pass? Do we try to fight our way through it in our own strength? Or do we recognize that actually it's in this moment that I need God's peace? So where were you? Where will you run when troubles come? Jesus' peace, it's a powerful thing. Not only does it protect us, but Jesus' peace is actually power. Not only is Jesus' peace protection, but it's also power. It's not just a defensive thing. It's actually an offensive weapon that we can use. I love what it says in Ephesians 6, 10 to 15, uh, talking about the full armor of God. And, And as I read this, if I can be honest, some of these things make sense. Like it talks about things like helmets and like breastplates and all these things that you kind of commonly think of when you talk about armor, right? That They're the things that come to mind, right? It's like those, those are the protection things. But it goes on here. It says, put on the full armor of God so when the day of evil comes, you may be, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, uh, and after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. I mean, okay, goes with armor. With the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes with the gospel of peace. I used to read this and just think, like, did they just run out of armor? Like, they did helmet. They did, they're like, where else can armor go? Oh, there's a belt, I suppose. Uh, like, like, almost like Paul's kind of like reaching for examples and like, oh, I, I guess shoes too. Yeah, they're important, right? Everyone needs shoes. It's like, it's like Paul, you seem to be kind of stretching here. Uh, and, and that doesn't seem so important to me. Like if I'm getting in a sword fight, I'm not so concerned about someone cutting my foot off. Like obviously I wouldn't like that, but I feel like they're going to have more priority targets that they're going to be trying to get at, right? Like if you're in a sword fight and they're swinging at your feet, that seems like a weird sword fight to be in. Um, these are just random ponderings that I'm having as I'm, as I'm talking. Uh, and I thought that's kind of a, it's a strange picture, right? The, the, the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. But interestingly, as I, as I researched it, which I would recommend that you do, it's amazing how when something is oddly specific in the Bible, when you push into it, there's actually some revelation there. Usually if it's oddly specific, it's specific for a reason. And, and as I looked into it and started to read about this, it's like, hang on, this isn't a picture of weakness, the idea and one of the things that made the Roman army so powerful was actually that they wore sandals. And the, the, the thought behind sandal was it protects your feet, not, not really from maybe the enemy so much, but from, from the ground, from the things that you're running on. It's actually a protection and it would give them confidence in battle because there's one less thing to worry about. Is there anyone here, who, anyone here, who, where are the barefoot people? Anyone who had a barefoot childhood where you just didn't wear shoes yet? Yeah, anyone who maybe like me, you just hate wearing no shoes. You got to wear shoes all the time. Maybe there's only a few of us, but but I'm a shoe person all the way. I remember playing soccer with my friends in his backyard, and he would play barefoot, and I would be like, "That hurts when you kick a ball with a barefoot. Why don't we just put shoes on?" Um, and, and we'd all know, you know that 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 uh, 
that ancient anxiousness that comes with like walking up a gravel road with bare feet. Have you ever done that? Like you're like, oh, I'll just duck out to get the bin and you're like walking, <laughs> walking like this. And, and what usually is like a 30 second stroll actually takes you like way longer as you like try to find your footing as you move forward. I, I think that what shoes do, right, is they bring a confidence that I'll be protected from what's on the ground. And what shoes do is they actually carry us forward. And in the same way, I think that God's peace, what it is, it's protection that actually gives me confidence that I can move forward, that I don't have to be anxious about where I'm stepping. I don't have to be anxious about my future. I don't have to be anxious about what's next because I know that God is protecting me with his peace. So not only is it a defensive thing, but actually now I can get on the offensive. It's actually what carries me forward is God's peace because it brings me confidence, because I'm confident because I've got peace. From peace comes confidence. I remember when we first moved to um, Taiwan, a, a lot of people just, just, I guess, noticing how people move to a new country, there's, there's this thing called culture shock. And a lot of people get this kind of shock where it's like for months sometimes, it's like they just don't know what's going on and everything sucks and everything's terrible and they, they don't know what to do and they don't know how to respond. And usually it just looks like they just do this and they stay in their apartment and they freak out about it and because of, of this culture shock. I, I remember for Talitha and I, it was amazing when we got there and we would both say this, the first thing we felt was this incredible sense of peace. And we didn't understand the language. We didn't know where it was until just before we kind of left. We didn't know what the people did. I was supposed to be a pastor. I didn't have experience being a pastor. I didn't know if I was gifted enough. I didn't know if I was good enough. I didn't know where we were going to find a house. We were staying in a hotel. What's going on? But at the same time, we had this peace. And it was like that peace just carried us forward. We were actually able to get on with what God had called us to because we had a sense of peace, because we knew God was with us. We had peace knowing that in Him, we have all that we need. That if God's called me to it, He's going to call me, He's going to get me through it. He's going to provide the vision for the vision. If I can trust Him, I have all that I need. It gives me confidence that I can move forward. At the same time, it was that peace that, that God's actually making a way. I can have peace because I know it's not up to me to blaze the way forward. I've just got to surrender and trust Jesus and know that he will guide me through where I'm going. It's that peace that God is making the way, that that's not on me, that's on God. And actually, it's like those shoes that protect my feet where now I can move forward confidently because I know that God's the one that's actually guiding my steps. Peace that, you know, I talked about being afraid of not being good enough. I think there's an incredible sense of peace that comes from knowing that my identity is actually in Jesus, that who I am is actually in Jesus. I think we live in a world that can get so confused and is, is, is on a, a mission to discover who they are, but it's also really busy to tell people who they are and what box they fit into and what should define them and, and, and what their identity should be, where God says, no, come to me and you'll discover who I've created you to be. And there's this confidence that I might not understand everything about me, but I know that my identity is secure in Jesus. I know, I know that God knows what comes next. I know why he's made me. And the final thing is that Jesus' peace, Jesus' peace is the shelter, it's power, and it's also positional, if, if I can put it that way. Jesus' peace is positional. Jesus' peace comes from where he is. Where God is is where his peace is 
is. So if we can understand where God is, if we can understand God's position, it can help us to understand how we access peace. And I love where it says in 2 Thessalonians 3.16, it says, Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times. Notice that, at all times and in every way, the Lord be with all of you. The key to God's peace is to understand that the Lord is with me. That right now, that in my storm, in the good times, in the bad times, in the valleys, on the mountaintops, God is with me. You see, any distance, I'm convinced that any distance between us and God is only ever perceived. Sometimes God can seem far away, but I think God would say, I never left you. Sometimes we can turn our back on God, but he seems to have this way of following us wherever we go. That Jesus is constantly on this mission of pursuing us. No matter how far we run, no matter how we feel, God never leaves us. And if we can understand that, we'll understand that right now, in this moment, you have access to a supernatural, powerful peace that comes through Jesus. If I can understand where he is, and then how do I get it? Because it said in that scripture before, it says, my peace I give to you. It's a gift, right? So our job is just to receive. We've just got to receive that peace. And I think that comes through a decision to receive it, but also to surrender. I love what it says in Philippians 4, 6 to 7. It says, do not be anxious about anything, But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I I like this where it says, in every situation, by prayer and petition. And what I think that is, what prayer is, it's releasing it from my control. It's surrendering that to Jesus. That in every situation, if I can just surrender my control of it, if I can pray and say, Jesus, this is actually on you. <laughs> Jesus, I ha- this is not, uh, my strength is not enough for that. If I, as I pray, as I surrender, as I petition God and make it clear that God, I do not have the strength to do this, but I know that you do. That's where we find peace. Where I, when I, where I humble myself, where I lay down my pride to say, I can do it by myself. When I lay that down and say, Jesus, I need you. There's where peace is. There's where peace that transcends all understanding is. When I stop trying to do it myself, when I give my, up my right to this or to that, as I humble myself and say, Jesus, it's on you then I can experience peace that goes beyond all understanding. Peace, it's a decision to let go. I let go. I let go of control. I let go of my feelings in a sense. I I surrender my rights to my feelings. I accept His peace. I surrender my right to offence. And I receive His peace. I surrender my right to worry and I receive His peace. I surrender my right to be hurt and He touches me with His peace. I surrender my right to control, to make the decisions, to plan my own destiny 
And what do I find? Jesus is peace. Because the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, comes if we'll just humble ourselves, if we'll just surrender and say, Jesus, would you fill me with your peace? And this is not saying that we can't have feelings. It's not saying that we can't be sad. I think surrender is, is, is trusting that that feeling won't be there forever. That I might feel sad, I might feel hurt, but I'm surrendering my, I'm surrendering my right to stay there. That right now in this moment, I might, it might be hurtful. It, right in this moment, I might be offended, but, but geez, I'm going to surrender that in order to stay in peace. I'm not saying that peace stops you from even from grieving, but I think what many people would attest to, just like me, what I've found is through the grieving process is that peace protects me, that peace protects my heart, that peace helps me to go through that, through that process, knowing that I'm going to come out the other side, knowing at the end of the day that I can trust Jesus, that I can trust God, that I know that He is good. It might be turmoil, but it doesn't have to, want, it doesn't have to rob me. So I wonder... Where's the place that you go in the day of trouble? Is coming to God an afterthought? Or at the first sign of clouds on the horizon, are you running to God? Are you running into His shelter? I love that that's what David says. When it comes, that's where you'll find me. He's pretty much saying, I was already there. Like, that's where I stay. I stay in the shelter of my Savior's peace. I wonder what your peace is worth. Talitha and I, we, we went through this, um, and we still do. We'll say to each other, your peace is worth more than that. Sometimes our peace can be bought for someone cutting us off in traffic. And all of a sudden, all this rage and turmoil comes up from within me. But can I just say, your peace is worth more than that. Your peace is what protects you. Your peace is power. Your peace is what keeps you going forward. Don't, don't give it up for such a low price. What's your peace worth? Is it worth hearing that someone was talking badly about you? I mean, that's awful. But my peace is worth more than that. I'm going to stay in peace. You know, is your peace worth just something not going your own way, something falling through? I would say it's actually peace that's going to keep you going. So my peace is worth so much more than that. I'm going to make a decision to stay in peace. So next time something happens, I'd encourage you, would you ask yourself, What's my peace worth? What's my peace worth? Finally this morning, I wonder, would you like, do you need a fresh touch of Jesus' peace? Are you here this morning and there's something that's been maybe attacking your peace, robbing your peace, there's something that's been challenging your peace? And you just know on the inside, as, as I've spoken about that, there's like a desire that you would experience that fresh. See, I've talked a lot about what God's peace looks like, but I think that our God, He's not just a God to know. He's actually a God to experience. And this morning, He would love for you to experience the supernatural power of His peace. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to invite us to stand. Um, and we're going to get the front row packed away. Thank you, crew. Again, the key to, the key to this is surrender, is to say that it's just to reach out and say, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, that this, is, this can't be on just me. So what we're going to do is um, some of the pastors, some of the leaders, the elders are ready to pray. 
And surrender might look like right where you are. You might be able to do that right where you are as we, we're going to worship together. You might be able to just surrender and God can touch you with his peace right where you stand. That might be the case for sure. One thing I do know for sure is that God responds when we respond with faith. When we actually say, I'm willing to lay down my pride. I am willing to humble myself and, and say, God, this is all on you. And so what I want to do is I want to provide an opportunity to do that, an opportunity to get out of our comfort zone maybe, to do something brave and to say, this is not just something I, I need to decide in my heart. I actually want to do, I want, I want to respond to this in a physical sense. So we've got the pastors, elders ready to pray. And as we sing this song, I'd love for you, just if that's you and you're like, I need a fresh touch of peace, would you just come right down the front? We're going to pray for you. It's not going to be weird. We're just going to pray that you're going to experience the supernatural power of peace because in a moment, it can shift everything. The storm might be raging, but everything is different in here. It might be still just as wild as we walk out into our Sunday afternoon and into our Monday and our Tuesday. But I tell you, friend, you can leave here completely different if the Holy Spirit would touch you with the supernatural power of his peace this morning. So the team's going to lead us in this song. We're going to sing about the power of God, which I think is so fitting, which is that surrender, that it's, it's your power, God. It's not in mine. So if we can just start that song, that'd be great. And uh, right now, if that's you, would you come forward? We'd love to pray with you. Just make it quick. That surrender it might take some bravery. Just out of your comfort zone. Humble yourself. We'd love to pray with you. Otherwise, let's worship together. Hey, I just encourage you as well that this doesn't have to stop here, that, that God's peace is not something you can only receive in a, in a church service on a Sunday morning. That next time that challenge comes, next time the storm starts up, come on, run to His presence. Where is He? He's with you. <laughs> Recognize it. Turn around. God, you are here. God, you are my refuge. God, you are my place of strength. It's so good. Hey, maybe you're here this morning and and we've, we've talked a lot about the peace that God wants to give you. And maybe you've never experienced that. Maybe you've never even made a decision to go on a journey of following Jesus. Can I just say that everything we've spoken about this morning is God's heart for you too. It's not something that you earn. It's not something that you can, it's this special thing that's up here. He has it for you. It's a gift and all you need to do is receive it. And if this morning you'd like to receive that, maybe for the first time, by just making a decision of Jesus, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lean into you. I'm going to put my trust in you. Maybe for the first time, I'm going to take a step towards Jesus. It's the best decision you could ever make. So why don't we just close our eyes just for a moment. I'd just love to give you a way to respond if that's you. Would you just raise your hand up if you're saying, that's me. I would like to experience that for the first time right now, just right where you are. If you're saying, that's me. I'd like to make that decision to trust Jesus for the first time, to go on a journey of following Him. I don't know what that looks like, but I know that I want that. Just as I look across here one more time, if that's you, would you shoot your hand up nice and high where I can see it? Awesome. Well, Jesus, we just thank You. We thank You that You're trustworthy. We thank You that You're good. We thank You that You're a powerful God. And most of all, we thank You that You actually protect us with Your peace. And I pray that as we all go into this week, we would go with a fresh sense that you are with us, that you are making a way, that we have all that we need in you. I pray for a peace that goes beyond all understanding. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Amen. And hey, maybe you didn't raise your hand, but maybe that's a decision you would like to make to go on a journey of following Jesus. If that's you, Nerida is going to tell you what you can do next.